Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Friday edition of the program. Big night ahead of us here on the Big X. It's the Seymour sectional semifinals tonight. Jeffersonville and Floyd Central coming up at 6 o'clock, followed by a big rivalry game, part two of the Floyd Central-New Albany rivalry series this year. And the winners will meet on Saturday night with a 4A sectional championship on the line. Really excited about heading back to uh, Lloyd E. Scott Gymnasium tonight. And there are other really great games across the area. I have said since the tournament brackets were released, the pairings that Salem on Friday night would be a lot of fun. And uh, there are going to be some great semifinals there. Borden should be a blast as well. Rock Creek taking on the host team Borden in the first semifinal at Borden tonight. So just some really interesting games across the area. Nothing like postseason basketball in our state. It is a special time, and this is my plea to everybody listening. I know that crowds have been a little off this year because of COVID, and just it just been a strange year, but get out to a sectional uh, this weekend. Tickets are cheap. It's easy to get in. Uh, concessions are normally great. Uh, try out the popcorn, but most importantly, support some of the uh, great teams and players and some of the outstanding coaches we have in the area. There's just nothing quite like postseason basketball when the winner advances and the loser sees their season end and come to a close. So uh, big games tonight. We'll be following all of them here on the Big X. And a reminder for those of you that uh, will be tuning in tonight, uh, maybe you're at another sectional, you want to catch up with the 4A, uh, maybe you can't make the game tonight, we will not be on the air until right at 6 o'clock. We'll come on right at tip-off of the uh, of the uh, Seymour and Jeffersonville game coming up here in just a few minutes. So let's take a look at the show lineup today, a uh, service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany, uh, segment one here in just a few moments. We're going to talk with some players in the uh, Seymour sectional lineup uh, tonight, and we'll have those coming up for you here in just a bit. Uh, then later in the hour, we'll be joined by Dylan Wallace. He's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, and Dylan is always with me as we uh, preview the uh, the uh, IU game for Saturday. The Hoosiers set to take on the Boilermakers. It's going to be a really big battle coming up uh, on Saturday afternoon, and that's kind of packaged right in between sectional action tomorrow. Uh, so that will be interesting. Big challenge for IU. Uh, they desperately need that game. I'm not sure it's a game they can win. 
I know they beat Purdue earlier in the year. This IU team had a spurt where they were playing better basketball earlier in the year, and it's at Mackey Arena, a really tough place to play. If you think Assembly Hall is tough when Purdue comes to town, it's uh, very equal when uh, IU makes the trip up the road to Lafayette. So a big one coming up for IU that's going to, I think, determine a lot about postseason play for them uh, because I just don't think this Indiana team is going to win a couple games in the Big Ten tournament. I think that if they're going to make it into the tournament, they need to beat Purdue. It would be a signature win on the resume. Uh, and if they're going to uh, get to the tournament, they're going to need to win at least you know one game maybe with Purdue uh, victory. So we'll see how it plays out. Huge, huge situation tomorrow for IU. But as big as it is for the Hoosiers, it's uh, also just as tough. So we will see how uh, that plays out coming up here on Saturday afternoon. Later in the show, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will join us. Uh, Kyle is always with us Friday on the program uh, to talk high school basketball, recruiting, and much more. And so Kyle will join us to close out the program a little bit later in the hour today. A couple notes to pass along to you here as we begin our show. Uh, just some interesting things from across the area. Tom Crean, or from across the country, I should say. Tom Crean, uh, it sounds like he may be uh, on his way to being dismissed at the conclusion of the season down in Georgia. I saw reports last week, and I just forgot to mention it on the show, that there was an altercation between a couple of his assistant coaches. I'm not sure if it was after a game or after a loss or the details, but uh, that kind of caused an investigation into the program. And uh, now Coach Crean on the hot seat. Georgia has not been playing good basketball. They've got, I think, a losing streak of 10 or so games. And so he is definitely on the hot seat moving forward. And then last night, I'm not sure if you caught any Big Ten basketball, but Joey Brunk uh, of Ohio State had a huge game for the Buckeyes as Ohio State a winner 80-69 over Michigan State. And really it was a career game for Joey Brunk. So I think adding to the frustration of – IU fans right now who see their own season uh, slipping down the tubes a little bit. Um, you know, Joey Brunk uh, stepping up as a, a graduate transfer at Ohio State and having a big night last night for the uh, for the Buckeyes. All right, let's get to our uh, first guest. I promised a couple players from the Seymour sectional, and Caleb Washington was making me also nervous. Well, he, he wasn't answering, but I think he's out of class, and he's available now to talk to us. Caleb, great to have you with us here on game day. I know you guys are awful excited about a big rematch tonight with New Albany. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Caleb, you had an outstanding – well, you've had an outstanding season, but you had an outstanding performance in the uh, overtimes last uh, earlier this week when Floyd Central knocked off Jennings County. And, you know, I, I thought it was a testament for young players that may have watched the game or been at the game. You know, you were coming back from, from an ankle injury. I, you didn't score the normal amount of points you do, but you came through extra strong in the overtimes. You were perfect from the free throw line and I think that is a trait that just isn't uh, practiced enough nowadays can you talk about stepping up to the charity stripe on Tuesday night in those big moments against Jennings County and not just hitting a couple big ones but hitting all the big ones yes sir it's obviously a great moment in my life being able to step up for my team when they need me the most and you know our coach always uh, always uh, preaches pressures of privilege privilege and we have lived by that, and we always, in practice, we're always shooting free throws. We try and get as much free throws as we can in pressure situations where if you miss, there's a consequence. And normally, I get to have getting better and better over the season, and 
I'm glad it came through when I needed it the most. Caleb Washington of Floyd Central is joining us here. Brandon Razor Moore of Jeffersonville is going to come up here in just a few moments after Caleb. But, uh, Caleb, I, I want to ask you, your team has had an outstanding year. You guys are the favorite heading into the sectional, but you found yourselves down 14 points. Can you talk about the experience for you and your teammates to battle back uh, and get such a good win in double overtime, what that was like for this team and how it could be a boost moving forward? Yes. We in the in the locker room, we all we all knew we would come back, but it was about possession by possession, just chipping away at the lead, one position at a time. Every don't take any bad shots, don't make any bad turnovers. But we kept we kept our mental game strong, and we were able to per, prevail through the challenges of obviously being 14 down. So it's a great great testament to how this Floyd team's been so far. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking with Caleb Washington. Caleb, with the win on Tuesday, that sets up tonight a rematch between Floyd Central and New Albany. Can you talk about, and you're just a junior, so you'll be back for another year, but can you talk about what it's like to play on the stage at Seymour, that big gym with great crowds against a rival like New Albany? What What is this experience this week like as a high school basketball player? It's amazing, sir. It's so much fun being a one of the best arenas in the one of the best arenas in all of Indiana that can hold and has so much history with Romeo Langford going through there and all these great players playing in it and it's just a great experience being a part of it. All right, Caleb, let's talk about your team as you get ready for the game tonight. In the regular season, you guys really cruise past New Albany. It wasn't your typical Floyd New Albany game. It's a battle down to the very end. But I know Coach Sturgeon, I know you, and I know some of your teammates. Despite that regular season score, you guys are still very locked in on this contest tonight. Oh, yes, sir. We we all know that New Albany has the keys that can always upset a, a big opponent, so we're not taking them any lightly. We know that they have Tucker Biven and great other players that can do all the things on the court that could all be challenged for us so we don't get up. So we're locked into this game. We, we're coming in the same mentality that we did the first time, and we're not taking them lightly. All right, good stuff. Caleb Washington of Floyd Central, he will look to lead his team to a sectional semifinal win tonight and, of course, then a sectional championship maybe coming up on Saturday night. Caleb, it's been fun to watch you over the last few years and uh, glad you're back and healthy and look forward to seeing a big game tonight at Seymour. All right, Caleb Washington with us here on this Friday edition of the program. Let's talk with another player that's going to be uh, in action tonight at Lloyd E. Scott Gymnasium, and that is Brandon Razor Moore of Jeffersonville. Brandon, you've only uh, this is only year number two for you playing Indiana high school basketball, but whenever you appear at Seymour, uh, you tend to step up and have some really big games for the Red Devils. You had 22 points earlier this week and a big win over Bedford to get to the semifinal tonight. You're comfortable and you like playing in the Seymour gym, don't you? Yes, sir. I love playing in the Seymour gym. Uh, we try to make it feel like a second home for us. So I like to um, knock down shots, get a lot of shots up in there. So 
Now, Brandon, this is your final go-around, a senior for the Red Devils, and you got the win over Bedford thanks in part to your efforts but many other teammate efforts as well. Uh, it was a close game when you and Bedford played a few weeks ago in the regular season. Was that a big confidence uh, boost for you and your team to not only win the game Tuesday but to put some space between you and the Stars and kind of win it going out dominating? Uh, yeah, that's a big win. Um, that We got uh, them playing the way we wanted them to play um we try to speed them up to play how like we like to play we like to play fast and up pressure the ball so we got to speed them up and play how we like to play so we got to play comfortably and we got out in transition and made layups made free throws and when it counted Brandon, this Jeff team is just 8-11, and 11, but you're in practice every day with these guys. You know yourself. You know Will Loving's watch. You know Kobe Studemeyer. Those are your classmates, and you also know the entire club. This, this team is much better than 8-11. and 11. You guys have had a lot to deal with on and off the court this season. For all the doubters that don't think Jeffersonville is a real contender this week in the sectional and maybe can't get it done tonight or Saturday, what do you have to say to them? I mean, hey, we're rolling now. We got we got everything going on, heads on straight for everyone. Um, getting it right in the classroom, uh, making sure everyone's grades are right. Um, so we're rolling now. All right, uh, Brandon, you mentioned that Seymour has been a favorite gym of yours to play in and you want to make it kind of like a second home. Let's go back to last year. The Red Devils uh, won a sectional championship. You had some outstanding games in the sectional last year. And then – in the regional, you were so close to a win over Bloomington South. As a senior this time around, how important is it to you and Will and Kobe especially that you go out to, on Saturday night with a victory and maybe you get a chance to go back to the regional and, and uh, get a couple wins this time instead of a loss to Bloomington South? You know, it's very important since, you know, it's our last year. Um, we want to go out with a bang. We felt last year we could have we could have won the regional game, so we want to get back there and have some vengeance, you know, make it farther than we did last year. So it's very important to us. Brandon, I made a plea as I came on the air today that I know it's been a weird season for fans with COVID. And, you know, look at the Jeff team. You've had pauses and coaches been out sick and players have been missing at times. But, you know, it's such a neat environment when fans pack Seymour or any of the sectional locations tonight. And I, I told people, please t take an opportunity if you haven't been out to a game this season to support your local school. Can you talk as a player how you feed off of the fans, even if maybe it's the, the other fans, but what does it mean to play with a great crowd there in the postseason as opposed to maybe a regular season game where, you know, you don't have a lot of people there sometime? Well, Jeffersonville, we have a we have a strong fan base, so I know that um, through the rough times, through the good times, I know that the fan base will always come out and support. But, um, yeah, like I just love having them come out. I feed off of that a lot, um, just knowing that they have my back if anything goes down or when it comes up, I know they're rooting there with me, so I just love that. All right, and Brandon, I want to squeeze this in as well before we let you go and get back to class. Uh, you get an opportunity to play with your brother, Brenton Moore, and you've got a younger brother, uh, even younger than Brenton, in the Jeff program as well. What's it like to be around your brothers, and specifically with Brenton, to get to start with him and to see him? I think he's really come along this year for the Red Devils. What, what's it like kind of playing with some family? No, I love that. Um, I always wanted that to happen. Uh, we knew 
growing up that eventually we would get to play with each other, knowing it would be in high school. We wanted to make it to the, you know, same, be able to play varsity at the same time. Uh, we've been working out a lot to get each other better. So I feel like that since we push each other every day, that um, we could become better and better. And I just love the feeling to have to play with my brother. Like, this is a real blessing that not really a lot of people get to have. So Yeah, great stuff. Brandon, uh, finally, for you personally, uh, I know you plan to have some additional weeks of basketball ahead of you for the Red Devils. But when that's all said and done, uh, people have asked me, what what's recruiting look like? Are you beginning to – to talk about, think about what maybe uh, college basketball could look like for you? And if so, who are some of the, the schools that you're hearing from here at this point? Um, recently, it has been uh, USI. Uh, I've been talking to their coach um, pretty often. Um, he reaches out. I reach out to him. We have good communication. And um, Wabash Valley College, we, we, we talk as well. Great stuff. Brandon Razor Moore, you can catch him. And the Red Devils tonight, 6 o'clock, they will rematch with Seymour in the first semifinal game of the 4A sectional at Lloyd E. Scott Gymnasium tonight. Brandon, thanks for coming on with us. Great to, great to hear from you, and best of luck the, tonight and maybe this weekend as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Brandon Razor Moore, and then earlier, Caleb Washington. I really like to interview players. It's difficult sometimes because you don't know if they're going to be as well-spoken as both Caleb and Brandon were today. But it's so neat, I think, especially in the postseason, to get a chance to hear from them. The guys that we talk about all the time, the guys that are you know scoring these big numbers and hitting big free throws and big shots, uh, to get them to come on this week especially and uh, kind of get some insight into what they're thinking is uh, is fun. So uh, Caleb Washington of Floyd and Brandon Razor Moore of Jeff with us to start our Friday edition of the show. We'll head to a commercial break when we come back. Dylan Wallace of the Seymour uh, Tribune, he's the sports editor there. He joins me to talk IU basketball. We'll get you ready for the IU-Purdue game on Saturday. Tough one coming up for the Hoosiers. Um, I hate to say this, but broken record. Many of the things that we have talked about the last uh, month or so continue to happen over and over with this IU team as they have suffered some really, really sad defeats here in recent weeks and got themselves in a position where I don't know that the NCAA tournament is possible. They're going to have to win at Purdue or win a couple games in the Big Ten tournament, and uh, I wouldn't bet on either right now. But we'll talk about more about that with Dylan when we come back after the commercial break. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. Back here on this Friday edition of the program, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. 
We'll get to lots of IU-Purdue discussion coming up. But, uh, Dylan, in the last segment, I had on Caleb Washington of Floyd Central and Brandon Razor-Moore of Jeffersonville, uh, two local guys that uh, will be expected big tonight to lead their teams if they're going to uh, win in the semifinal round at Seymour. But you know a little bit about this Seymour team being editor of the local paper there. And for fans that have not followed us closely this year or maybe not been to games when Seymour has played Jeff, New Albany, Floyd, other local teams, uh, this Kirk Mann's coach club is going to be a much bigger challenge than previous years for the Red Devils tonight. Yeah, they're, they're having their one of their best seasons, um, I think, in the last 15 years. You know, this is one of the better years they've had. Um, they kind of pride themselves on the defensive end of the floor. Um, you know, they, they've had a really, really solid defense all year long. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of the key for them. You know, they're going to try to hold teams around, you know, 50, 50 or under 50 points. Um, and then, you know, from there they're going to try to, you know, connect. They're kind of trying to get up and down the floor. they got a quick guard, Charlie Longmire. Um, they got a couple shooters. They have some size. And I think it's going to be kind of a cool kind of juxtaposition because, you know, I was listening to your conversation with Razor Moore. He said, they, you know, Jeff likes to get up and down the floor. That was kind of evident in their game against Bedford on Tuesday. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see, you know, if Seymour can get back on defense, set, set their defense, and make it a little bit tougher on Jeff to get those transition buckets because they're really good out in the open floor. So I think it's going to be a pretty good contrasting matchup tonight. Um, obviously, Seymour won the first one, but I, I, I know Will Loving's Watts wasn't uh, available for that game, so obviously he's a big piece of what they do. So I think this could be a really good game tonight in that 6 o'clock window, um, and it could really really be interesting. I think both teams uh, have a really good shot to win, so I think it should be a really fun matchup. Um, obviously, with, with the home crowd and Seymour showing up and, and guys, people from Jeff coming down, I think it could be a pretty good crowd as well. I know you were talking about trying to get people out. Uh, I think it could be a really, really fun crowd today, especially with just all four teams that are playing tonight. Um, and, you know, I, I think Floyd has a pretty good shot to uh, to get to tomorrow night in the championship game. But as you mentioned, um, it seemed like, you know, Floyd and New Albany have a kind of a rivalry. So um, th- those games can always be tight. You know, you never know what's coming some of those rivalry games. So I'm expecting two pretty fun games tonight. Um, and, you know, like I said, Seymour's having one of their best years. So I think this is, you know, a better shot than maybe they've ever had lately to, to kind of get to Saturday and have a chance to win a sectional championship. So it's really exciting. Their last sectional title was, uh, wasn't was until 19 or wasn't until 1992, and the one before that was 1982. So they've had, like, it's been 10 years now. This could be uh, all, all years kind of ending in, in the twos. So uh, that could be a cool little thing going on for them if they're able to do it. So should be some fun games tonight, and uh, I'm excited to kind of track that along and follow. Unfortunately, I'll be at Edgewoods for – for Brownstown Central, who's uh, having an incredible year as well. So I'll be following along, listening to, to your guys' radio or Jay Hubbard or whoever I can find to, to get, update the scores for me. Absolutely. Uh, Dylan, one other thing, I'm pushing for a big crowd tonight and for the championship. It just adds so much to the big gym at Seymour that uh, is such a host for postseason hoops. And I think the, our, the crowd will be aided by Seymour because, I mean, Let's be honest, and uh, for a number of years, many, many years, this Seymour crowd hasn't, even at home, hasn't been big because by this time they, they're just not as competitive. They've not won a lot of games. The interest has waned, and you primarily get a few students and, of course, parents and families, but not a ton of just general Seymour fans unless they're there to watch a Romeo or uh, a highly ranked team that's in the sectional. But I think Seymour will have a great crowd tonight. Uh, Jeffersonville fans, there's been some momentum there in recent weeks. Floyd Central's had a good crowd all season long, and New Albany historically uh, has really good crowds. So I'm hoping that we get 
Uh, not a full house tonight. I'm not sure in my lifetime, and I hope hopefully have a number of years ahead that we'll see a, an 8,000 plus uh, packed Lloydy Scott Gymnasium again, unless there's another Romeo-like player that moves through the area and some great teams to go with that. But I do think tonight we have an opportunity to put a pretty good crowd in there and have that place rocking. Yeah, I think it would be a pretty good crowd. Um, you know, you mentioned Seymour's kind of just their success in the sectional. Uh, there hasn't been much of it because, you know, this is their first bye I think they've gotten since, like, 2014. So they usually play a Tuesday, and they usually lose on Tuesday. So by the time Friday and Saturday roll around, Seymour's not really in the mix. So, you know, not a lot of people kind of show up sometimes. But uh, I, I know I can tell from just the community and especially some of the students that I – that I've talked to, I mean, they're pretty fired up. Uh, they're, they're planning to have a pretty big student section tonight. Um, I know all the the, community, the local people are going to come out for the game. So I think it's going to be a really, really good environment. Um, and, you know, I think I was talking to the assistant AD, and he said he expects probably, you know, close to like, you know, maybe maybe 5,000 people in attendance. So um, not, not as much as obviously to fill the capacity, but I think it would be enough to make a whole lot of noise. Um, and, and, and as you, you, you asked us to raise her more, just the ability for these, co- these high school kids to, to play in front of like a, a cool big crowd like that um, is it, always an awesome experience for them to, to be able to get the handle, especially in high school, because, you know, you probably don't get that everywhere you can go. And, and this could be a really cool opportunity for them to, to play in front of a, a lot of noise and a lot of fans. So I'm excited. It should be a good environment. And uh, having Seymour on the Friday uh, with a chance to get to the sexual title game definitely helps that with it being in their gym. All right, uh, Dylan, a couple other quick things. And I briefly mentioned these earlier when we were waiting for Caleb Washington to join us on the program. Uh, Tom Crean down in Georgia, I read a report from ESPN.com uh, yesterday that uh, talks about really Georgia basketball as a whole and how they've had a couple d- good teams or good seasons here and there but have never been able to to build consistency. And I kind of thought about IU here in the last number of years uh, as a very similar program. But Georgia's had its struggles, and Tom Crean is in the middle of some struggles right now. It sounds like there's a, a great chance that he likely is dismissed when the Bulldogs season comes to an end. Yeah, it seems like it's been the pretty popular word. Um, that kind of feel like it felt like that came out like a couple weeks ago, where someone said, you know, Green could be fired like effective immediately after the season ends, something like something to that uh, extent. And um, as you mentioned, they had sort of that kind of weird thing that went on with the program about like a, a run-in with an assistant coach or something like that, where they, you know, the departments decided to look into how things are being run and stuff like that. So uh, things aren't really looking too high for for Green over there at Georgia and. Um, I, I would be I would be shocked if if he probably isn't let go at the end of this season. Um, you know, I think I saw something the other day where uh, there's like a, there's like a bunch of different like scenarios for the SEC um, tournament. You know, and who can be seated where. And the only one solid thing is that Georgia will be the last spot. Like that's the only thing that's a guarantee. So it's been a really tough year for them uh, in the conference, and uh, you know they've struggled to kind of have some success. I mean, I know they had Anthony Edwards a couple years ago and got him drafted number one um, in the NBA draft. But even even that team with him wasn't necessarily too great. You know, I think they were barely kind of going to make the tournament that year. I think that was the COVID year. Um, So so even when they had kind of that number one pick, uh, they still weren't as good as maybe you think they would be uh, with with the talent like that. So it's been a struggle for sure. And uh, I imagine he'll probably be gone after the season ends. All right. One other uh, headline that I mentioned earlier uh, as if IU fans need any more torturing, I really am getting to the point I feel sorry for diehard IU fans because I'm there with you. I watch every game, follow every game, 
uh, talk about it every day here on the show. And so you want to see the players and coaches do well, obviously. But Joey Brunk last night, who left IU to be a graduate transfer at Ohio State, he really hasn't done much for Ohio State. I haven't followed every game, but uh, he's been, I think, more of a role player for the Buckeyes. He had a huge game last night, basically a career type of game for him as Ohio State got a much-needed and big win, 80-69 over Michigan State. So uh, IU fans, after the, the very tough loss, not just a loss, but the way it happened to Rutgers, the night before, the next night, you see one of your former guys having just a career night and helping Ohio State to a huge win here late in conference play. Yeah, that was kind of cool to watch. Um, you know, he kind of reminded me of the game he had against Minnesota uh, back when yeah. he was with IU. Um, you know, he just he just he was just kind of dominating in the paint, and um, it was and, and it was really funny because after the game, they asked Michigan State's Gabe Brown about Joey Brunk, and he said they didn't even have a scouting report for him. They said they had, like, two clips of him, and that was it. Like, they didn't even prepare for him at all. Uh, that was pretty uh, pretty funny to hear. Um, but, yeah, because, you know, they, they have E.J. Liddell, they have Zed Key, they have Kyle Young. Those three all play ahead of, of Joey Brunk. But Zed Key and Kyle Young were both out last night, so that allowed Brunk to, to step in, and, and, man, he made the most of it. Um, you know, Michigan State didn't have much of an answer for him. He looked really good. He looked quick. He You know, he looked decisive, and uh, – yeah, it did remind me of some of the some of those games he had for IU uh, back before he had that back injury that kept him out of uh, you know last season. So uh, it's pretty pretty cool moment for him. Um, I'm I'm happy maybe maybe he'll get some more minutes now as, as Ohio State gears up for the the postseason. Um, but yeah, that was pretty fun to watch. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. We got to get into the IU game tomorrow, Dylan. It's a tough one at Purdue. Uh, I don't. I don't want to ask your your thoughts on chances that IU wins this game. So let me let me put it this way: to go to Mackey Arena, to go to a Purdue team that's going to be extremely hungry for a victory, uh, not just because of their loss earlier in the year to IU, but because of some recent happenings as well. I just score this as a game that IU it doesn't have a lot of chance in, and I wish I could tell you that I could see an opening here, or that yes, IU beat them once, why can't it happen again? I get all that lingo, but D- Dylan, I don't see this going the Hoosiers' way on Saturday afternoon. And and it's so unfortunate that that's how we all think, because Purdue's, you know, their defense isn't great. I, I've seen Maryland take them to the very end in Mackey Arena. I've seen all these other Big Ten teams like push them in Mackey Arena. And yet, when you think about Indiana, you're just like, yeah, I don't have a chance. And and it's and I'm not disagreeing. I think it's true. And it, that's the weird part is that we've these other Big Ten teams have been able to go into Mackey this year, and you know have success. And it just feels like Indiana can't do that. And and that kind of is sort of a you know a thing that's about this program is that you know they met, they don't have the mental toughness probably to handle that crowd. I mean I've been in Mackey when Indiana plays there and it's it's crazy. Um, it's going to be you know frenetic and then it might overwhelm the players a little bit and and you know but I mean there there is if they play good you know you you have a shot to at least be in the game because you know like I said you know Purdue's defense isn't great um, and you know Purdue is not you know before heading into this game you know maybe a week earlier. You would think Purdue would be playing for a chance to uh, get a share of the Big Ten title. Well, that's no longer the case. You know, they they can't get that anymore because they lost to Wisconsin earlier this week. So maybe uh, they're a little bit down. I don't really know. I mean, I doubt it. I'm sure they're going to be fired up and they're going to want to beat IU because of what happened earlier this year. Um, and, and you know, the crowd's going to be crazy. So it just it, just all this all the things that are leading up to this. It just feels like there's not really a chance for IU. IU's probably even deflated after losing to Rutgers. So. I think all this stuff combined is probably going to equal uh, an unfortunate 
kind of a, a game tomorrow. But, um, I mean, it's, it's a huge chance for the team. I mean, I think everyone kind of wrote wrote their off their tournament hopes after losing Rutgers and probably because no one thinks they can win at Purdue, which which I don't blame them. But, I mean, it's, it's a huge chance if you're somehow able to pull off a miracle. Um, I mean, I saw earlier today in, uh, in the bracket matrix, in 55 of the 112 brackets, IU is in it still. So that's just about half of the brackets. People still have Indiana in the tournament. Um, now, a loss to Purdue at Purdue probably doesn't kill your resume, but, I mean, it's not going to help you, you know, stay above some of the other bubble teams that are probably going to have some wins over the last – over this weekend and heading into their conference tournaments. So, um, huge chance for them, you know, if they, they, if they want to keep their season alive and, you know, hopefully we see them come out uh, with a sense of urgency. You know, maybe they they did what Rutgers did to them, um, come into an opponent's arena with desperation and pull out a win. Um, you know, I'm just I'm just talking scenarios. Do I believe it's going to happen? Probably not, because I mean, geez, it just, just it just feels like they don't have a shot in Mackey Arena, um, which is really unfortunate. Because like I said, I've seen other teams in the Big Ten, like a Maryland, go in there and and really almost beat Purdue. So, um, you know, hopefully Indiana is able to kind of summon something up and be able to hang with them. But uh, just feels like it's going to be a loss, and it feels like it's going to be a double digit loss as well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm concerned, and I think that most listeners, IU fans, would share this sentiment, but. I'm concerned this IU team will not win another game this season. That would be a loss to Purdue on Saturday, and that would be a loss in the first game that IU plays in the Big Ten tournament. When I look last, and really I haven't looked since Alex Bozich was with us yesterday, he thought possibilities of Michigan, Michigan State, uh, and I forget who the third team was, Iowa, I think. And I saw Iowa play last night um, as possibilities in the first round of the Big Ten for IU, and I just don't see – uh, that happening right now so we'll see we could be surprised who knows but uh, this IU team I see the window closing and closing and closing uh, on an NCAA bid this year Dylan Wallace is my guest Dylan is sports editor of the Seymour Tribune Dylan uh, from an NCAA tournament perspective um, went over Purdue an upset special is that enough on the resume or do you think it takes Purdue and a Big Ten win or no Purdue win and two Big Ten tournament wins. Do you kind of have a gauge on what this team needs to do to get in the NCAA? So I think obviously beating Purdue would be huge and it probably gets you back in the field. Now, I don't know if you lose in that first Big Ten tournament game, if that would knock you back out. Um, I guess it kind of depends on what some of the other teams around the bubble are doing. Um, but I mean, here's, so you mentioned the big 10 tournament scenarios. Um, uh, so Iowa beat Michigan last night. So Iowa can't get to eight anymore. So it's going to be between Michigan and Michigan state. So one of those two teams, IU will play in the nine seed Cause I use, I think hundred percent like locked into the nine seed. So they'll get one of those two teams. Uh, you know, Michigan, if, if Mich- if it's Michigan and Michigan loses again, um, to close the regular season, I don't know who they play. But then all of a sudden, you know, those two teams will be right around the bubble. If IU beats Michigan, you know, that game could be some sort of a playing game all of a sudden. And then obviously since IU's going to be in the 8-9 matchup, their Friday game, if they were to win on Thursday in the Big Ten tournament, would be against Wisconsin. So obviously that would be a huge opportunity for them as well. So, I mean, there's plenty of chances left. And I think if you lose to Purdue and you beat Michigan or Michigan State and then you beat Wisconsin, um, then I think you're probably in. And, uh, that, you know, that's going to take a lot for that to happen. Obviously this team has a, or the program has a kind of a long history of not succeeding in the big 10 tournament, but I mean, man, you're basically in Indianapolis. I'm sure a lot of fans will show up, um, you know, feeling like they, they can try to will the team to victory. So, I mean, I think there's still chances. There's still avenues. This team can do it. Um, but 
ah, it just feels like there's there's way too much uh, to for them to be able to accomplish in such a short amount of time that it feels like it's a little bit unattainable. But I guess you never know. You know, maybe we'll be surprised at, at some of these outcomes. But yeah, I mean, I think a win at Purdue. Um, probably puts them back in for sure, but then I don't know. They might have to win one more in the Big Ten tournament. If they lose at Purdue, I think if you win two in the Big Ten tournament, which is, again, Michigan or Michigan State and then Wisconsin, then that probably gets you back in, you know, um, which could be pretty cool. But, uh, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see and then see how this team comes out and uh, and plays on Saturday. You know, your season's on the line. you got to play every game like it's about to be your last because that's essentially what it, what it could be like. So, um you know, we'll see uh, if Woodson's kind of able to, to get that sense of urgency out of them and see what they're able to do. Um, but uh, it's just it's just looking not very good again, looking like a fifth straight year, sixth straight year missing the tournament. I um, can't maybe remember the number. It's been so long. And, and uh, you know, I was in the building on Wednesday against Rutgers, and um, I, I don't even know if it was more frustration was the reaction. I think it was more just like sadness. Everyone was kind of just like, geez, really, that just happened? You know, it wasn't more like anger. It was more just kind of like, wow, that was kind of like depressing that that just happened and everyone was fired up and ready to go. And, yeah, it's it's been tough. Um, and they got a tough way to go, but I think there's still a shot. And, hey, you know, I guess we'll have to see what happens. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, enjoy some sectional basketball tonight, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. And, obviously, at that point, I think we'll have a uh, for-sure understanding of this IU team and the NCAA tournament. Uh, if they're going to get there, if they're not, we'll either maybe see the Hoosiers still in a Big Ten tournament surprise run next week, or maybe we'll be in postseason mode as we talk about IU basketball. And there, when we get to that point, going to be a lot to talk about with players coming and going uh, from the program and the transfer portal. It, it doesn't matter the program, the type of season you have. Uh, boy, college basketball gets wild in the off season nowadays as well. So, Dylan, thank you, and we'll talk again. Yep, hopefully uh, we're talking right before IU tips off against Wisconsin on that Friday morning. So yeah. uh, have, have a good one, guys, and have a good call tonight. Absolutely. Thank you. Dylan Wallace with us on Fridays. Uh, he does a great job covering sports for the Seymour Tribune and a former IU student and uh, has covered IU now for a number of years with some different publications. He continues to join us here on our Friday show. We'll head to our final commercial break. When we come back, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star joins. And there's great, great, great basketball across the state tonight. And Kyle will help us uh, break down some of the big matchups. And we'll get Kyle's thoughts on some of our local teams as well as they look to move to uh, sectional championship games on Saturday evening. Back with our final segment, this is the Hoosier Report with Bat Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, back here on this final segment, Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Kyle, we've got great sectional semifinal basketball across the state of Indiana tonight. I'm curious where you'll be at and any thoughts on some of the teams and games down our way, uh, specifically the 4A sectional at Seymour where you've got Seymour Jeff and New Albany Floyd Part 2. 
Yeah, I think that'll be a good one. I'll be at uh, uh, North Central tonight. I was kind of split between going there and going to uh, Noblesville, but I think to me the the two best games. You get, I kind of look for the best possible doubleheader on this night uh, on the schedule. And tonight you've got Warren Central and Lawrence North in the first game, and then Cathedral versus Tech in the second game. So you got two rivalries, and, and I, I would think uh, two really good games. And then you know potentially could see you know, what happens with tomorrow night in that bracket. But also, you know, in sectional eight over in Noblesville, you have uh, Carmel and Noblesville and HSC and Westfield, which is uh, potentially could set up to be Westfield versus Carmel in the uh, championship tomorrow night, which I think would be uh, highly interesting uh, considering the way Braden Smith played on uh, Tuesday night. I was out there and he was just uh, about as good as I can remember any player in the sectional play. So, 28 points and 11 assists to beat the number two team in the state handily. <laughs> so it was, uh, you know, very impressive. And, uh, you know, Tech, you know, the storyline with Tech now, you know, this week, uh, Damon Turner was suspended, you know. Uh, ultimately, it was by the school, but because of a, an IHSA inquiry into uh, past link violations. So they are, you know, in a very weird position, I would say, going into tonight. Um, you know, all their team is eligible, but, you know, without their coach and, and, you know, they ended up winning fairly handily against Lawrence Central on Wednesday, but, uh, you know, going into play Cathedral uh, without their coach. So that's very unusual, but uh, yeah, I, I, there's a, a multitude of games I would like to be at tonight. There's another one, sectional nine over at Greenfield that matches uh, Mount Vernon and Anderson, which, you know, Anderson's kind of revival of, of that program has been cool to see, but you know, Mount Vernon is 20 and two and, and senior led and, and very, very good uh, on both ends of the floor. You know, they're going to be tough to beat. So I, I can't wait to see what happens in that one, too. That should be a great game uh, out at Greenfield. And, you know, like we talked to a lot of this year, Matt, I mean, 4A is just so uh, tumultuous this year that, you know, there there's any number of sectional games where I, I'm not going to be surprised, you know, what happens because, you know, it's just been that type of year, which I think makes this week so fun because you just don't know. Uh, you can't really, you know, peg certain teams like you normally can. And there's upsets every year, but I think it's just so even this year, just hard to hard to gauge what's going to happen. But yeah, I was really interested to see Floyd Central uh, had to come back, rally, and, and read that story that you know they came back beat Jennings County uh, the other night. I think that was Wednesday night, double overtime, or maybe it's two, it was actually Tuesday night in, in double overtime, and and uh, survived uh, in Seymour because I kind of had, had thought they might be the team to beat uh, down in that four-team uh, sectional that feeds into the regional there. So, yeah, I think they still may be. I think every team who goes to the state finals probably has a game like that where they have to, you know, maybe get a lucky break or, you know, survive a last-second shot or, you know, whatever just to get through. And maybe that's that type of game for Floyd. But, you know, also they have New Albany at tonight. And then, uh, you know, Seymour or Jeff, who are both, you know, I think Jeffersonville much better now that they're fully loaded than their 8-11 and 11 record shows. So, you know, that's a really good four-team uh, bracket down there tonight, too. And, and, and a couple of games, I think, could possibly uh, go either way in, in both those cases. Kyle Nedenrip, the Indianapolis star. Kyle, I, somebody sent me this from John Harrell. Uh, who does an unbelievable job with the schedules and scores. And I think most coaches and probably diehard fans know about the John Harrell website where you can get all sorts of information. I know guys like you and I sure take advantage of all that information at our fingertips on a regular basis. But he tweeted out, and he has some interesting stuff, and and this guy has time to put together uh, some of these interesting records and and tidbits. But he he tweeted out something yesterday that some uh, I had numerous people send me that I thought was really – 
amazing. He talks about by teams, teams that get, you know, they don't have to play on Tuesday. They get automatically placed to Friday night to the semifinals. And uh, all time in our state, going back to 1915, uh, the start of sectional play, by teams on Friday night uh, have a record of 1,159 wins compared to 2,000. And 17 losses. And by teams since class basketball began in the late 90s have 546 wins compared to 894 losses. And to break it down even further, last year by teams had 29 wins and 69 losses. So uh, I'm always intrigued by the by. Does it help you? Does it hurt you? Do coaches like it? Some do, some don't. Uh, those stats were kind of staggering to me that the bye game, that draw is not necessarily at all a good thing. You're going to play a team that's already got a win under their belt. You're going to likely play the better of the two teams that played earlier in the week. Uh, So I I thought that was interesting, and I know you follow this stuff very closely. I was kind of curious your thoughts on that. Wow, that's I didn't see that yesterday, but now that you were talking, Matt, I just pulled that up and uh, you know and looking that over. That is incredible, and it has probably and like uh, John said, you know, probably has something to do with you know one of the better teams makes it to Friday who has to play on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. So, you know, that's probably part of it uh, also. But yeah, I, there's a lot of I've, I've heard from coaches. I can't remember you know who they are over the years. Who it may have been Doug Mitchell who told me yeah, we'd rather play. You know, if we can play maybe a little bit lesser team uh, during the week and, and kind of, you know, get the bugs out and and uh, and play a game early in the week, he he, I think it was him, and I can't I can't be sure of that, but I remember someone told me that that they preferred that. I, you know, lots of other coaches have told me that that rather not play and kind of get in uh, to the semifinal without having a game. But you know, that is really enlightening. And you know, like you said, I mean, part of it too is one of those better teams is going to win. Uh, the first game, so you have a better team making it, but uh, but still, you'd think that would be more uh, 50-50 than it is. That's that's really uh, enlightening. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, Kyle Nedenrip, the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, we've got uh, a number of weeks of, of basketball ahead here, uh, and obviously there's great regional locations across the state and some states, and then we'll get to the state championship games at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. But what a special time of year it is, postseason basketball. Uh, tickets are cheap. It's often possible to get in. Rarely, it seems, are there sellouts like there were back during the Romeo era a few years ago. I just And I've said this a couple times today. I know I'm probably preaching here, but – I just hope we get good crowds for some of these postseason venues. Uh, hopefully, with COVID numbers better, more people, older people, the fans that come out every year are comfortable coming out to some of these games, and we can really pack it in here. Yeah, we had a good crowd at uh, at uh, Noblesville on Tuesday, and and again at, on Wednesday at North Central. It wasn't, you know, there, the last couple of years. Uh, well, not last year so much, but. You know, two years ago at uh, Lawrence Central, which turned out to be kind of an ominous situation that I'll never forget. It was kind of the start of the whole uh, pandemic where several people died. But, you know, you you couldn't get in the door uh, at a certain point. And it wasn't quite like that uh, Wednesday at North Central. Um, You know, there was probably, I think Andy Elkins in North Central AD told me there was about uh, 600 tickets left or so uh to fill it so you know there was some room it looked fairly packed though by the but you kind of by the end of the first game as the other teams were coming in uh so it was a good crowd and i think we'll see you know depending on the the matchups tonight i think we'll see a lot of packed i think it'll be a bigger crowd at north central tonight i think 
you know, Noblesville again, have a really good crowd. Um, you know, some of the smaller, I was really surprised to see Lagoti got beat uh, by a, a, a good Orleans team, but that's always a, a great sectional draw down there too. And at Lagoti. So uh, it'll be a, I think it'll be a good night. Uh, and then tomorrow night, of course, too, but tonight's kind of the, you know, I, I was, you know, with the two games in one night, I always kind of look forward to this, maybe even more than the, than the championship night on Saturday. But uh, you know, the, a lot of should be a lot of fun games tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Cal Dedrip, Indianapolis Star, with us on Fridays. Kyle, enjoy some hoops. Appreciate your coverage. Talk to you next Friday. All right, thanks a lot, Matt. That's going to wrap things up for this Friday edition of the program. Get out, enjoy a sectional doubleheader tonight. Uh, again, I don't want to just uh, slight the other locations. Borden has some fantastic games tonight. I really, really like the slate of games at Salem tonight as well going to be some fun basketball environments here tonight and saturday night we'll be back with you monday at 11 a.m to recap it all this is the hoosier report with matt dennison